football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Loving the Stream. I'm J.J. Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my almost lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there, and I, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing better than Antonio Brown's feet. Is, yeah, that's right. That's is right. My, is my main point, and <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I, I did not think that in the year of our Lord 2019, that we would need to be talking about a player uh, accidentally cryogenically freezing <laughs> his own feet. But here we are talking Let's, about Antonio Brown maybe missing all of training camp because of it. Yes, this is where we are. I, I feel like you could meme his feet pretty easily with a before and after picture of like, you know, before uh, season eight of Game of Thrones, after season eight Game of Thrones. Like there's just That's so good. many, so many memeable ways of, of treating the situation. Um, but yeah, I, if you guys haven't seen the picture of his feet, it looks like it, it looks like the foot uh, foot apocalypse. It's it, it the skin is coming off, like it's like <laughs> right. or, or blistered or something in between. I I don't I've never seen anything like it. And apparently he put his foot in some sort of cryogenic freezing machine without the proper footwear, which is really, really a great genius move on his part, seeing that his whole career hinges on the health of his feet. Right. Um, uh, so so that, that that's one thing. But but another thing is uh, I've never heard of of this cryogenic situation except for when rich, rich guys want to f- cryogenically freeze their heads right. after they're dead. Right. Well, it's it's like Austin Powers, right? I, that's that's when I first learned of any of that when I was younger, and I'm watching Austin Powers, and I realize, oh, this is a a thing that is not really a thing, but it is for for the pompous, you yeah, know, rich rich folk. Everything you know about science, you, you learn from Austin Powers. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You learn a lot from Austin yeah. Powers. Uh, that was that was a, a good a good learning experience during my childhood. Um, but yeah, like it, it's it's really. Uh, you know, it, I would say that what Antonio Brown did to his feet is the blonde mustaches of foot mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> just, just. What do you mean, like basic or just terrible? Both. Yeah. Both. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 bad though. It's it, bad, it, I, and it's gonna be it's gonna be hilarious. Not hilarious because I drafted him in Apex, but it's gonna be <laughs> hilarious if it like derails his season in some way. I mean, like like realistically, like we're talking a receiver on a new team, uh-huh. new quarterback. There, there, there's, you know, I mean, as much as you can't measure this, there's some rapport situation that goes on with that, right? Sure. Like you, you need that. And him and Ben Roethlisberger had an unbelievable connection yeah. on the, on, on the football field, obviously not off the football field, <laughs> but, but that's not something that, that you should feel super confident in. It's just, it's, it's hilarious to me that you actually might have to adjust your rankings because of this. That's, I was thinking the same thing today is like, I wanted to joke about it, but then it was real. It was like the Cooper <laughs> cup thing about him running around fine at Rams camp. And it's like, well, you really should adjust your ranks because Cooper <laughs> right. cup seems fine. Uh, but, but Antonio Brown can't run, um, is on this, probably a terrible team with a new quarterback I I'm saying it right now, JJ. I'm saying I'm not a scientist, as you know. I'm I'm not a doctor either. But I'll say this: there is a non-zero chance 
that Antonio Brown doesn't play a single game this year. A single game, folks. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it because the fact that the Raiders came out and said we are gathering information on our star receivers cryogenically frozen feet <laughs> is. I think that is a. I think that that is a, a telltale sign that something is very wrong here. Look, Antonio Brown's dream is to not play and get paid. Oh yeah, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe, well, maybe not. I mean, he wants to prove the haters wrong, obviously. No, that's that's true. That's true. He's he's very much a, a uh, I wanna I wanna get some stats too. Oh yeah, no, I mean, he wants he wants to be Jerry Rice. He's big. He's big into stats, which as a fantasy, you know, football fan, I I'm a big I'm I'm I love I love when 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 guys know their own stats. That means that means yeah, that right. they're probably gonna chase those those garbage time stats, which I love. No, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that carries over into the season. Uh, it's it's funny, nonetheless. It is. It's uh, could be tragic, but right now it's funny. Right, right now it's funny because nothing, nothing really. I mean, he seems. Did you see the preview for Hard Knocks? So Hard Knocks is tonight because uh-huh. uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday. So Hard Knocks is tonight. I, I'm gonna watch it for sure. I, 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 I live. For, I'm, I'm just like the most basic white male in America. Like I just live for this, right? Ah. <laughs> uh, so so I'm I'm very much ready and prepared for for hard knocks but the 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 preview that was sent out was Antonio Brown did you see this No it didn't It was Antonio Brown on the sideline uh talking to his kids he has like three three boys I think um that's probably wrong but he has a, a few children uh-huh. and he's talking to them and the one boy's like daddy why aren't you on the field and he's like I I can't or why aren't you running and he's like well I can't cuz my feet have issues and then his son was like um, why are you wearing black or something like that? And he uh-huh. was like, well, I'm a, I'm a Raider now. Right. Yeah. And, he, and his son goes, where's Roethlisberger? Oh no, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Funny. And then Antonio Brown just tilt. No, he didn't. He was, he, he answered it politely. I'm sure, I'm sure he's a decent dad, but, um, yeah, yeah, no, it was a, it was a situation where I was like ready for him to just like, like yeah. just start tilting off the face of the planet. Like anytime his kid just mentions big Ben in some way, he just, right. he just starts tilting. Right. Yeah. No. No. That that would be. Uh, I I would guess that'd be tilting since his his whole career has been posting astronomical numbers with Roethlisberger only. Right. Right. He wants to. He wants. Here. Let me ask you a question. Since we're on the topic, who do you think sees a bigger dip in numbers this year versus mm-hmm. their norm? And we can talk both from an efficiency and cumulative <clears throat> standpoint, but just. Just in general, like we're not, you know, we're not going to dive deep here. Do you think it's going to be Roethlisberger who sees the dip, or do you think it's going to be AB who sees the bigger dip? Man, that's a great question. Um, I w- I would say Roethlisberger because uh, I would guess that the Steelers can't throw more than than they did last year. That they'll they'll come back a little bit with 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 at least some more rushing, and. And yeah, I mean, and having, I mean, you have Juju, obviously, but who do you have behind him? I mean, James Washington, like what? Like yeah, there's, that... there, there, there are question marks there. I... The, the, I will say the reports, the reports out of Pittsburgh or out of Latrobe are that, uh, Roethlisberger's having the best camp of his life. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> did, did, did he lose, did he lose 50 pounds? There's no, yeah, right, right. Ben Roethlisberger is now, uh, 240 pounds instead of the 290 that he was listed at last year. No. Yeah, no, uh, no, but he's never been listed. He's always been listed like 230. I know. He, he's always, he's always, yeah, exactly. He's Roethl- always like 225 pounds. Yeah. He's clearly not. Roethlisberger was 230 in 11th grade. Come on. <laughs> right. That dude is massive. I mean, um, he's, 
But yeah, no, I, I think it's I think it'll be interesting. I think A B at least is gonna be force fed, so he'll be fine from a fantasy perspective, but um that lack of efficiency could certainly be there for for A B. Right. I mean he's not scoring fifteen touchdowns. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That that's 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 not happening. Uh, and by the way, that my my uh, guess of Roethlisberger is assuming that Antonio Brown has two uh, not cryogenically frozen feet. Uh, in, that's in, right. In week one. That's so, right. <laughs> all bets are uh, off after that. So, Denny, on today's show, we're actually yeah. going to talk some fantasy football. What? Um, we've been, I, I, I forgot that this was a fantasy football podcast. Uh, but we have some some uh, quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses for you guys to target off or during your draft. Yeah. Um, that could be potential streamers. So these are guys that you don't necessarily want to target as season long plug and play guys, or, or they don't necessarily have that ceiling. Some of them do. Um, but they're, they're players that you'll just want to target in your draft because they have interesting early season and week one matchups. And also next week we will be doing the worst podcast episode on the planet. That's it's right. The, 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 the draft episode, the living stream, uh, yes. league draft, uh, in which we try, or well, JJ tries to talk while drafting his team, but I, I'm going to try to pick up the workload while you're, while you're uh, grinding over your pick. Wow, help, helping, helping the league champion there. That's very, yeah. very nice of you. It's uh, socialism for the rich. What can I say? You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll be doing that next week. Uh, it was, it was borderline hellish to find a, a draft day, but I think that we, we finally <laughs> settled on one. Dude, I had to say something. I, so, so the the people in the league already know this, but the listeners need to know that JJ has stepped up in the in the email thread, which has completely gone off the rails several <laughs> I can't times. Even, yeah, if we published it, we'd probably get fired. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, every uh, there would be at least three of us that go to prison, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> including Tom Everett Scott. And so I I think um, JJ has stepped up. No, I don't think this. I know that JJ stepped up as the father. Of, I have, I have. of our little group of our of our 14 person group uh as we as the kids make jokes back and forth and scream and cry and yell at each other jj has stepped in time and again and said hey hey guys get it together when are we having this damn draft <laughs> it's get, true. Can we get it can we can we agree to a date and a time please so that we can move forward and so thank you for doing that because obviously i was not up for that role <laughs> i was <laughs> I, every time I saw something funny, I was like, "Oh, I have to one up that. I have to one up it." So, so thank you for stepping in and being our father. Well, there was a there was a situation today where there was a funny email that was sent, and then I responded to the email that was you know saying like some joke slash let's get this shit set, and then you responded at the exact same time that I had responded. So the email thread, the email chain didn't include my email; it included Denny's email. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone was responding to Denny's email and not mine because we responded at the same time. But and we got it all settled. It, yeah. it all got figured out. And I think that my my email was about being arrested at a Wendy's. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and yours was, and yours was like a very serious like get get this schedule uh, in order. By the way, uh, I don't know if I love having Troy in the league because um, he's too funny. Um, yeah, there, there and I don't I don't really like having another funny person in the league and it makes me insecure. So, Troy, we're going to have to figure something out. Could you tone it down on on being funny? <laughs> Could you be less interesting is my is my request. Yes, right, right. Thank you. All right, Denny, uh, let's dig into these players. Let's start with quarterback. Um, I can start, actually, because I have two of them and you have one. Um, so it makes sense to to yeah. to, to sandwich these takes. Yes. Um, 
I'm going to start with Dak Prescott. The Cowboys start the season against the Giants, then they get Washington, and then they get Miami. I actually tweeted about this earlier today, um, but with the Ezekiel Elliott situation and him holding out, there's a very easy path to them being 3-0 and to start the year without Zeke without, if he were to yeah. not play, yeah. right? And if that happens, you know that even though they're against inferior competition, you know there's going to be some sort of either I told you so's from running backs don't matter Twitter – or some dude, they're gonna burn down cities. They're gonna yeah, burn down right. cities. <laughs> or or there's gonna be uh you know Dallas front the Dallas front office just feeling good about about their decision. But regardless, they're playing the Giants, playing Washington, they're playing Miami. I did a study last week on negative game scripts and the impacts that they have on quarterbacks, right? And so I, I, I went into the study already knowing what the numbers said, because uh, I looked at the numbers first. So one thing that I always tell people, too, when they write, instead of just going in with a take and seeing what numbers fit that narrative, no. you got to do the opposite. you got to yeah. find the numbers first and then write the article around the numbers. Anyway, so I, I, what I did was I looked over the last six years. Um, I looked at uh, what Vegas told us. I looked at uh, what pass attempts told us. So pass attempts, when you look at all quarterbacks with 20 or more attempts in a single game, um, and I, I looked at 20 because obviously, you know, if a, if a quarterback throws the ball once in a game, then that's going to skew mm-hmm. this correlation coefficient. So pass attempts have an R squared of 0.05 over the last six years, which is very, very, very low. It's almost non-existent. I would say that there's, you know, if, if you were to look at two quarterbacks and say this quarter and they're completely equal and you say this quarterback's going to throw a lot and this quarterback's not go with the quarterback is going to throw a lot, mm-hmm. but it's that that's really the the direction you have to go with this. It's really just a tiebreaker. Um, so the other thing that I found is that implied team total doubles that correlation. So it's not super strong still, but implied team total from Vegas does tell you something a little bit more. And then point spread also has very, very little correlation. So basically, you know, if they're a big favorite, big underdog, or if they're a favorite or underdog, there's no correlation throughout. But what I did find is that at the extremes, we do find that quarterbacks outperform their season-long averages on a points-per-game basis when the spread is really, really large versus really, really small. So basically, if I looked at the 10th percentile of point spreads, which is basically 7.5 points or more, and then 7.5 points or less Mm -hmm. as underdogs. Um, I should say 7.5 points or more regardless of favorite or underdog. Uh, that's that's a better way to phrase it. Okay. But 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 those were the tenth percentiles of the extremes, right? Um. And, and and really, what you found was that when they were huge, huge favorites, they outperformed their average, their points per game average, by a larger margin than when they were huge, huge underdogs. Okay. Um. And that's partially because the actual total that these teams score matters most, mm-hmm. right? So if you're a huge favorite, that implies that your team is going to score a lot of points because they're big favorites in that game. How they score those points will be dependent on most likely how the quarterback plays. And that's why we saw a 0.46 correlation, R squared value, between quarterback scoring and actual total, which is actually pretty strong, especially for fantasy football. Yes. And then and then I found that the, the average margin of victory, uh, or sorry, just the margin of victory, not the average, had a, a correlation to uh, the amount of points a quarterback scored of 0.18, okay? Mm. So what that tells us is that the larger the margin of victory, the more fantasy points, to a degree, it's not super, super strong correlation, but the larger the margin of victory, the more fantasy points these quarterbacks are scoring. 
right? And that just kind of plays into the fact that you just want points from your offense, period. It doesn't matter how you think those points are going to come about. If the offense is scoring points, the quarterback has a chance to throw touchdown passes. Right. And and I think this goes against uh, a common thought among fantasy players, even experienced fantasy players, where if you see a team favored by, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten points, then you, you start to hear concerns. Well, I don't want to play the quarterback on that team because what if the team gets out to such a big lead that they that he won't throw anymore? You know, that, right. that they'll they'll keep it on the ground, they'll take the air out of the ball in the second half. And what you're saying is that in order to score those points, the quarterback has to go ahead and score some points for the team and, and be involved exactly. in, in that scoring. Exactly. And if you look at how players score fantasy points when they're trailing, they might score more fantasy points when they're trailing in general, right? Uh-huh. So each pass attempt might be more effective when they're down from a fantasy point scored standpoint than when they're up. But that's not the point. Because you need to be up in the first place. Like if you're if you're leading in the in the first place, that means that your quarterback is doing something well. If your team is trailing, then quite it's it's very likely that your quarterback did something in order for your team to fail or to be trailing and to be failing. So that's really the 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 crux of the article and why I'm bringing that up with Dak Prescott in the first place mm-hmm. is because they're going to be a decent favorite at home against the Giants, even on the road against Washington. They're going to be favorites more than likely against Miami. I mean, there there are there are these games that they that they're facing that that look like cakewalks on paper and they are. Like they should win those games. Um, and that might turn you off from Dak, no. but I, I think that this is a situation where he's going to provide a very, very nice floor. And, and really, late in games, if a team is winning, you know, the, the, the correlation, obviously, between touchdowns and fantasy points scored is very, very large. This is partially why pass attempts don't really correlate to fantasy success, because when you're obviously because of the leading and trailing thing that we just talked about. But the other reason for that is because touchdowns drive this game. And if you're able to, to throw three touchdown passes, even if you did that on 20 attempts, you're going to be fantasy relevant. So if it's late in a game and you just happen to be on the five-yard line and it's third down and you decide to throw the ball instead of run the ball, even though that you're leading by a lot, mm-hmm. if you get that touchdown, then it doesn't matter. I mean, that's, that's great from a fantasy perspective. So that's why I like Dak to start the year. I think he's a really, really strong target. Not my favorite target, but I think that he's a, a very, very strong one that in almost every home league, casual league, He'll go almost undrafted. Right. So it's it's explicitly good process to use a quarterback on a team that is heavily favored. I would say, yeah. I mean, you want a lot of points. Like if the over-under is 20 and they're 12-point favorites, uh, you know, it's it's that that's not very mm-hmm. favorable. But, what you, okay. you know, in an ideal world, what you want is a good quarterback against a good quarterback with a really high game total and the spread being, you know, under seven, like mm-hmm. on, on either side. And then you, you should feel fine about targeting either one of those players, right? Either one. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So, so like if Dak Prescott were to go up against uh, Indianapolis right. and, and they're and even if they're in Indianapolis, let's say that the spread would be like Indy minus four or something like that or five or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's still a point spread where the, the game total is going to be really high. You know, both teams are going to score a lot of points and if they're going to score a lot of points, I'm totally still cool with using Dak Prescott. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I really like uh, Dak to start at least to start the season, maybe throughout. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, he, he definitely showed some upside last year with Amari Cooper. So I think right. there's at least some, some plug and play potential. Exactly. 
my guy, my quarterback, folks, is Jimmy Garoppolo, who is still in the league. Uh, he he gets the Bucks in Week One, looks like, and uh, beyond uh, Tampa being the second worst ranked secondary by Pro Football Focus, uh, there have been no huge changes to that defense which allowed 19.5 schedule-adjusted fantasy points to quarterbacks last year, uh, which is fifth most in the league. I actually was honestly a little bit shocked that it, that it wasn't worse than that uh, because uh, you, you may remember the Bucks defense as, you know, one we mentioned every single week on, right. on Living the Stream last year. Uh, well, every week we could anyway. Um, uh, starting a quarterback against Tampa last year was basically a locked-in QB1 performance. Uh, for much of the year, um, and I would expect, and obviously we don't know this yet, uh, but I would expect that game, that that Niners Tampa game, to have a pretty, a pretty high total. Uh, how, what do you think, JJ? Yeah, I mean, I I think that the FanDuel Sportsbook had it already out at like forty nine or something like that. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was I was expecting something north of fifty, but forty nine forty nine is good. Yeah, it's not sixty nine, but it's good. It's still nice. Yeah, sure. And I think I think uh, uh, yourself and Pete Overzet would like the connection between it being forty nine and the forty ers being involved. Oh my gosh, numerology, JJ. Yeah, See, I yeah. knew it would catch on. I knew I, we need to get a legit fantasy guy in here talking numerology, and we and it'll take off. That's right. That's right. But yeah, I like I like Jimmy G uh, in that week one matchup for sure. Um, and, and again, you know that defense. If anything, they they just are worse. I mean, yeah, and that that actually sounds like a fun fantasy game. Uh, the, I the, think so. The, the Bucks and Niners, like I I can definitely, you know, I salivate a little bit when I think about the uh, stacking potential in that game. Yeah, I dig it. Uh, the other quarterback I want to mention really quick is Lamar Jackson. Um, he's my he's just my go to late round quarterback this year. Um, it's just, it's, it's a really easy sell in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I'll just, I'll just say this statistic. I tweeted this out last week, but I'll just say this statistic because I think it, it tells you all you need to know. Okay. Last season, Lamar Jackson had 695 rushing yards. Okay. He only started a handful of games. Jeez. He didn't, he didn't even start the whole season. Now he was used, you know, every once in a while yeah. in games that he didn't start, but he had 695 rushing yards in basically half the season. Uh, there have been eight instances since 2000, where a quarterback has had 700 or more rushing yards, mm -hmm. okay? Seven of those eight quarterbacks finished as top five quarterbacks in fantasy football that year. Mm. If Lamar Jackson does even a fraction of what he did last year, mm -hmm. it's very easy to see a path to Lamar Jackson having some sort of ceiling. And then folks will say, he's a bad passer. He's not going to be able to do it. The other guys were better passers than Lamar Jackson. I'd mm -hmm. argue... That that point doesn't really hold that much weight when Michael Vick had two instances of those 700 plus rushing yards. But regardless, uh, I think you have to feel really optimistic because Greg Roman is their offensive coordinator now, and he coordinated Colin Kaepernick's best seasons uh, efficiency wise, yeah. uh, and also Kaepernick had the most passing yards and rushing yards under under Greg Roman, and then Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor's two big years were under Greg Roman in Buffalo. Right. Um, and, and Tyrod Taylor was incredibly efficient. He was very effective in fantasy football. And now you take the the skill set of Lamar Jackson, who is far more athletic than any quarterback, arguably, that we've... I mean, from, from, a, from a pure running standpoint, he, he honestly might be the best running quarterback of all time. Like, he might end up being that type of transcendent talent on the ground. Better right? than Vic? 
Yeah, I mean, like he at least has that opportunity. Yeah, it's and true. so true. so yeah, I mean, I, I think that that obviously like that's that's the main argument because Michael Vick did transcend, but I, I'm saying more from from the perspective of like like the combination of everything. Right. And if it comes if it comes together for Lamar Jackson, you know, and I I feel this way about Kyler Murray to a degree as well. But Kyler Murray is like a top ten quarterback ADP wise. But like Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, those guys can legitimately break fantasy football yes like they can break fantasy football when you have players that are going later who at least have that opportunity you absolutely have to target them and then on top of that baltimore opens up against miami yeah so baltimore has you know he has a has the streaming uh upside of of being that quarterback in week one so i am all about lamar jackson this year he's going to be my highest uh own quarterback for sure um, and I think that that folks should really buy into to where he's being drafted, which usually is on it. It's like mid mid QB two to sometimes even lower end QB two range. I have to say, JJ, I am impressed that you're able to go all in on the guy who replaced you on the Ravens roster. I know. You know I know. I, by, I, by the way, did you see I tweeted uh, a picture of Avery tonight from the LTS account no. walking walking down our hallway holding the Joe Flacco thing? Oh, really? And I, you I, can and you can see like Flacco's face, but it's it's like a picture from behind of her. It's very funny. very funny. I, I, I got to see it. You know, I I log off for for 12 minutes and I miss I miss an important tweet like that. I mean, it, yeah. it just show it goes to show why you should never log off, you know. That, she, that, well, my wife told me yesterday that she came into maybe Sunday. She came into my office and she grabbed the Flacco thing and she started kissing it. Oh, that's a, that's very sweet. That's I sweet, th- but why is she? It's it's just it's insane. She thinks it's you. That's I know it's cr- it's crazy. It's not crazy. It's it's extremely sweet. How dare you? How no, dare no, you it's a, look look. There's nothing that's that's any less sweet than that. Or yes, less <laughs> sweet, right? That, that's 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 it's yeah. not more sweet. Um. Or maybe more sweet would be would be the proper. Way I, I've lost I've lost you, but I'll say I'll I'll say this. Uh, she she kisses it because she thinks it's you, uh, the same way that my my daughter used to walk up and touch the TV when the Property Brothers were on and say, "Daddy, Daddy," <laughs> right, right? You know. And I I meant to say more sweet. There's nothing more sweeter than seeing that. Like I was I was in I was in I was FaceTiming her once because I was in uh, Asheville for a mancation. <laughs> And on the mancation, I, I FaceTimed her and she was kissing the phone and she was like 10 months old. And it was That's, the cutest thing ever. Wow. That is the cutest thing. Yeah. I mean, did you, you kiss the phone? You kiss the phone too? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course I kissed yeah. the phone back. Which is yeah. disgusting, by the way. You yeah. should be horrified that you did that. You should be horrified that your daughter <laughs> did that. You might as well go stick your head in the toilet and drink. That's that, right. That, that's the same. You, there's more fecal matter on your phone than there is in the toilet. <laughs> that's probably that's true. I'm not just. I'm not. I'm saying like not your phone, but like generally. Yes. General. Well, I wash disgusting. my phone. I wa- We have. We have a very interesting. You wash, wash your. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. We have a very, very interesting wash your body question later that I'm excited to get okay. to. But okay. but first, but first, Danny, you have you're the only person talking tight ends tonight. Okay, good, good. So so talk about the two tight ends. That yeah, you're talk let about. me just get this out of the way so we can get to the questions because I saw there were a bunch of really good ones. And by the way, I will tackle the questions we can't get to tonight. I will tackle them on the Thursday podcast, which can be found on the Living the Stream Patreon page for you animals who are not yet patrons. Uh, so. It's Darren Waller season, JJ. I don't know if you've heard. Uh, he is uh, really standing out at Raiders camp. That's not why we're talking about him. But uh, uh, you can't log on to Twitter these days without seeing 15 blurbs about Dar- Darren Waller 
uh, crushing it. He's been un- unguardable, according to one. That's what I saw. Yeah. One source. Uh, so you know you have to run that through your algorithm. So as you know, Jared Cook, the goat, uh, led the team, led the Raiders last year with 101 targets. Um, he had 87 targets. Cook did the year before that. And Waller has the starting tight end job pretty much locked down. Now, I don't know if you can project him, you know, 400 targets. That seems generous. Um, But uh, um, I think that there are certain circumstances if the Raiders face enough negative game script, if they're not obsessed with establishing the run, if Antonio Brown misses any any time with his cryogenically frozen feet. uh, You know, I think that. That's even more of a boost for Waller. Waller is basically free in redraft. Um, and I think that, you know, if you've completely faded the tight end position in, uh, you know, in, in your in your upcoming drafts, uh, then you can pick him up uh, for week one and maybe, you know, maybe going forward. Yeah, no, I, I dig it. I started to buy into him as well. I mean, look, what you're trying to do with the late round dart throws at tight end, just find these like athletic specimens who can break out. And right. that's... That's sort of what Waller is. Now, I'm going to wait to hold my opinion on Darren Waller until after I watch Hard Knocks, Denny. Okay, okay. You know, yeah, I got I to gotta see what his toot is like, you know, see if he's really into it or not. As, as a basic dude, then uh, that, that, that makes sense. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah, so I'll, I'll wait for that. But for now, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll dabble. I'll draft Darren Waller. <laughs> I, am, I am getting a little bit of, of Darren Waller in, uh, in best ball now that uh, Mike Giusecki yeah, that that he like, died. Now that he's no more. Now that he's not a thing anymore. He was he was a thing for about eleven minutes, and then he wasn't. Oh, well. <laughs> I was I was drafting. I I was about Mike Asiki. I like I I was into like I thought that he could had a chance yeah. you, to be the late round tight end this year. And I'm not look. I like I'm I'm wrong about plenty. I'm clearly wrong about this because freaking P hands is ahead of him on the depth chart. <laughs> Come on, that's that's so rude to, to what is his name O'Leary. Yeah, it's amazing that we we say, yeah. we we question what his actual last name is because we only know him by P hands. Yeah, wait, he's Jack Nicholas's grandson. Yeah, something weird like that. Yeah, so I remember seeing that because he had a big game against the Dolphins last year, and Jack Nicholas was in. Okay, that's enough of that. Um, uh, Jordan Reed is the other guy. So I was a little bit surprised to see that in twelve games that Jordan Reed played last year. Uh, he had a 23% target share for Washington, and I don't think you're finding another tight end who had that sort of uh, target share in the 12th, 13th, 14th round where where Reed is going right now. Uh, Reed saw five or more targets in 10 of his 12 games he played last season. Um, the the touchdown scoring obviously was not there, or else this conversation would be would be much different. Um, but his career rate of 11.6%, his career touchdown rate of 11.6%, much higher than his 3.5% touchdown rate of 2018. So uh, even just a little bit of touchdown regression and, uh, and, and Reed could be you know, something close to, to a plugged-in guy in a 12 or 14-team league. I mean, uh, uh, I, I wanted him in our Apex League, and I missed out by one pick. So I, I am tilting on that, about that, big time, bigly. Uh, but, uh, but I, I just, I think Reed is a, um, Reed is a, as good, as good a tight end dart throw as you can get better than Waller, I would say. 
Yeah, I really like Jordan Reed too. Um, and he's 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 apparently healthy for Help? the first time in in like eighteen years. Yeah, I told my my Washington fan fam uh, my my family members who are Washington fans. I said, "Hey, Jordan Reed's healthy." Across the board, eye rolls, shrugs. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They're they're all saying, "Who cares? Who cares? Who cares?" Well, he's your best player. I mean, potentially he's your best offensive player. So so give me a break. Yeah, speaking of Jordan Reed hate, uh, so Jim Sonis, who works at FanDuel Number Fire, uh, the one who wears jeans inside and he has to, ha- specifically yeah. inside. I, um, I respect it. So so Jim, as you guys know, I, t- I told the story about how FanDuel put my rankings on you know their IG account, their Facebook account, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. And people on Instagram and Facebook are the worst people. Uh-huh. And so they did, <laughs> period. And so they they did the same for Jim today, but Jim's was of his favorite sleepers. And there was an an asterisk of what defined a sleeper at the bottom of the graphic. But of course, no one's going to read the the fine print. None. Right. No one's going to read that. So Lamar Jackson was on there, for instance. And, oh, but you think no one knows who Lamar Jackson is? Like, no, that's not the point, bro. And then... And then, but one of the players on the list, which I totally agree with Jim with, was Jordan Reed, as Mm -hmm. we both agree, Mm -hmm. right? The amount of people on Facebook specifically, you guys can go look at the post on Facebook. The amount of people who talked negatively about Jordan Reed. If I had 13 cents per person saying something negative about Jordan Reed, I could buy a house. <laughs> it was, it, it's, it's crazy, yeah. crazy how much people hate Jordan Reed. And, and really, I meant 69 cents. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, can we, can we get back on brand for a minute? Right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's part of the reason, part of the reason I want Jordan Reed to do well this year is because people are so insanely bent out of shape about Jordan Reed's fantasy production or lack thereof in recent years as if as if you have to draft him this year in the fourth round or the fifth round you right. don't have to draft him at all i mean he he's probably going to be on the waiver wire in 10 team leagues you right. know so who so who cares like why why do people people get really worked up about about Jordan Reed when he clearly has a path to consistent targets, and that's all you can ask for when you're talking about tight end. That's right. Can we be honest? The people that I want in the NFL to succeed, in fantasy football to succeed, are the ones who are being written off by other analysts slash, slash yeah. fantasy managers for, for no good logical reason. If it's logical to not like someone and to, to write them off and to say don't draft them and, and that player fails and doesn't do well, that's fine. That's one thing, right? If you're sitting there and saying Jordan Reed, Sammy Watkins is another one. Mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins has burned me in the past. Don't tell me to draft Sammy Watkins. Well, guess what? Sammy Watkins had almost an, ident- an identical target share to Tyreek Hill last year when Sammy Watkins was healthy. Right. And you're getting him in the freaking sixth round right now. Like... There are instances where it doesn't matter what the health looks like when you're after the fifth round of drafts because the opportunity cost isn't high. These people clearly, clearly couldn't give a rat's behind. I'm, keep, I'm keeping it clean for the kids. Uh, a, rat's, a rat's behind about the process. There, there's no process when you're dismissing a player like Sammy Watkins in the sixth, like Jordan Reed in the 13th or 14th, just because you have a bad memory about drafting them last year or the year before. Yeah, it's like Deontay Foreman this past week. Deontay Foreman obviously had that terrible Achilles injury. Mm-hmm. Our sample size of running backs tearing their Achilles and coming back, for the sample size is, is like eight, but coming back is like zero, mm-hmm. right? There, there hasn't been a running back who has successfully come back from an Achilles tear, right. okay? So when Deontay Foreman got cut, 
this past weekend, fantasy Twitter comes out in droves and just starts saying that this is why you don't draft a running back who had a torn Achilles. But if you look at what there, there's a, there was a professional study done that said that, 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 players do not come back from Achilles tendon tears. It's, it's true, right? They, they come back at like a 61% rate. But of the players who do come back, they're back to their pre-injury levels after two seasons or at the, at the second season. So basically, we're looking at Deontay Foreman because he tore it in 2017. So all these people are victory lapping Deontay Foreman getting cut and saying this is why you don't draft someone who has a torn Achilles. But meanwhile, he got drafted because he wasn't showing up to meetings. It had nothing to do. Sorry, with Sorry, not drafted. Got got released. I think I said drafted. Got, I was just tilting too. Got re- yeah, got released. No, they, so so yeah, the the victory laps are without basis. Like they they that, that's they, right. They're celebrating. Yes, they're celebrating that a guy got cut, lost his job, gets maybe picked up by another team. But but they but they're celebrating for the wrong reason. You were wrong. You were incorrect in saying that. I would. I'm not drafting him because of his Achilles two years ago. Well, that that I don't think that was good process. Right, exactly. It's the same thing that's happening with like Damian Williams right now. People are already saying like, "Told you so." First of all, it's early August. We have no yeah. idea what's going to happen with Damian Williams. Second, it has nothing to do with performance right now. He's injured, so Carlos Hyde is getting first team reps. Like, this is not this is a situation that just is very rampant in the fantasy football world where people think that they need to go out there and say, this is my take. This is why I was right. But you want to know what's, what's going to prove that you are right. The people who are reading your content, the people who are listening to your content, they don't need you to go out on Twitter and say, I told you so. Yeah. Yeah. They don't need that. It's a bad, first of all, it's a bad look to say, I told you so. Um, unless, unless you do it with some levity, if, if it's, if it's, if it's fun, if it's, you know, like, like the Aaron Jones, remember the, like the Aaron Jones stuff for me or the Kenny Galladay stuff for me. Like, uh, like it's, it's fun. I get stuff wrong all the time, but let me just have a little bit of fun. Yeah, exactly. But the, um, so the, the thing with Damian Williams that confuses me is, um, I, I didn't hear during the spring and early summer, I didn't hear people saying, I'm not drafting Damian Williams because I'm not sure if his hamstrings are healthy. (laughs) Yeah, you know, right. I've looked at the hamstrings. I've tested them out. I, I don't I don't see that they can hold up to to a full workload. If if that's the reason you did it, then congratulations. That that was amazing, amazing right, right. process. Great call, great but, call. But it, but if if that's not the reason, then you can't claim victory here. And that you did right. you you were you were not right. Right. You you had the right result. You had the, the wrong process, and that that happens in fantasy. And then sometimes you luck into things, but. You know, don't don't go touting about it. I think the, a lot of the touting though going on right now is because nothing else is happening. It, true, true. And we have four weeks, four weeks until the season starts. Yeah. All right, Denny, let's just really, really quickly just say the defenses. I think it's better that way. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, you want to go first? Sure. So you can go with Seattle. They're playing against Cincinnati in week one. You can go with the Jets. They're playing against the Bills. I think, you know, you can go with Philly against Washington. But again, Dak Prescott, I mentioned, had a really easy schedule to start the year. That's why I think Dallas is probably your best target because they get the Giants, then Washington, then Miami. They likely will be in games that, that are their favorites. And that, that's really what you want out of your defense. In week one, they're at home. So I think that, that Dallas is a very, very good target for your defense. Absolutely. Uh, I also like Cleveland at home against Tennessee in week one. Uh, I'm guessing that the Browns will be favorites there and that's you know we're just as a reminder to everyone we're looking for home favorites usually when we're talking about streaming defenses um also marcus mariota's 
uh, win-loss splits are pretty ugly. Uh, he throws about double, on average, double the interceptions in losses than he does wins. Also, his completion percentage drops by a lot, and that's really uh, a big plus when you're streaming defenses is to find uh, an inaccurate quarterback uh, who would be faced, theoretically, who would be faced with bad game script and, and have to take to the air in sort of a one-dimensional attack. So I, I, I really like the Browns. I think I like them more than the Cowboys, but we'll see. Cool. All right, time for the questions. This first one is from at Didymus. Participating in my first auction draft, not the LTS Facebook League, and I tend to be a fairly frugal guy, even in DFS. How can I use this hashtag dad tendency to my advantage in an auction draft, or do I have to turn the metaphorical AC way down to 69 degrees and fight and fight my instincts? Um, I, look, I, with auction drafts in general, it's not just about automatically spending and going with a stars and scrubs approach, let's say. It's really about uh, tiering your players and then once you have those tiers, mm-hmm. uh, once those players start going in drafts and you can see sort of what their market value is, then you pounce when that market value is lower than, than where they've been going and the amount that they've been going for. Yeah, I, I think uh, it depends on the group you're drafting with. If you're drafting yeah, with, a sa- sure. with a savvy group, little tricks are not going to work really. They shouldn't work. But if you're, if you're drafting with people who are inexperienced with, with auctions, a lot of people are so geared up and so ready – to buy, 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 and to drive up the prices that you could nominate like top defenses, top tight ends, and people, and the, the onesie positions basically, and people, even kickers, and people will go nuts on them right. early in the draft. That could help you stay frugal if that's if that's what you're looking for. By the way, talking about turning down the thermostat, uh, I went on vacation, as you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, and I was able to turn up our thermostat to 81 before we left. And what? I've never been I've never been happier about anything. Uh, I actually looked down as I turned it up to 81. It was going beep 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 beep, and I looked I looked down and my feet were levitating off the ground. I was I I, I think I was that I was, it was that it was that joyous a moment that I got to save so much on my Pepco bill. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. no, I feel you. Uh, this next question is from at time to pivot. Would you ruin date night with your pregnant wife to prove you can throw a football to the people on Twitter.com? Okay, and then the follow-up is from at B. Glace, and it says, which is greater, the own or the cell phone? (laughs) Being called out by a football nerd on Twitter for having a comical throwing motion in your teenage rom-com four years ago, or your pregnant wife yelling online because you ruined date night in order to, quote, establish the throw for F-ball nerds? Yeah, so what we're talking about is there's an actor who I, I, I believe uh, Marcus Mosher uh, uh, called out for his throwing motion. In, in the a, movie, the, the Duff is the movie. In, in, a, in a movie, and, and it truly is, truly is a horrific throwing motion. I, 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 <laughs> it's I, awful. Yeah, awful. I, I, will give, I will give you that, okay? That, that goes without saying. But this actor then took to the internet to disprove Marcus and to say, I can throw – and then he threw, and it was better. Don't get me wrong. It was better. It still wasn't great, is no, what I'm saying. No, it wasn't saying. great. It wasn't great. It still, it still looked awkward. It still looked like he clearly didn't play all-time quarterback when he was growing up. Like, this dude is not the most athletic guy out there. No, and, and that by the way, that groups him in with almost every actor at, uh, living today and ever, really. Correct. Uh, if, if you ever get a chance to watch Tom Cruise throw a baseball in War of, War of the Worlds— 
Um, oh, you'll wow. never you'll never see a more cringeworthy throw in your whole life. Man, yeah. So that video though was hilarious. Waking up this morning to seeing, and then there was like a hashtag that people, and then people were were finding gifts of really really awful tosses, like got like people on like news sets and stuff that were yeah. like it was it was an unbelievable experience on Twitter. The the, the cell phone was worse. I mean the the the, the what I, I meant to say the cell phone, not the cell phone, but the yeah yeah the cell phone interrupting date night. You know your wife almost leaving you. That that was a a debacle. I agree. I agree. It's a very, very, very bad move. Uh, next question. This is from at number one punna, and this this kind of disturbed me. How do you call out a notorious non-flusher at work? Third time I have walked in after them, and they haven't flushed, and it is usually a number two. Do I pull them aside, call them out on the group hangouts, or suffer in a stink silence, <laughs> never looking them in the eye forever? What do you do? What do you do? I, I, first of all, you have to tell the person this is a crime against humanity, right? Uh, you know, to to do this, uh, it, it's it's generally hostile to to humans around you. I I would be furious. I think the person needs to be called out. I am too non-confrontational to do it, but I would tell someone else who isn't in the <laughs> office to then call that person out. I, you know, here, here's what I, I would show up at the office early. And post a big uh, poster on the on the bathroom door that says "Flush your shit." Yeah, right. You know, I mean, sorry. Right, or or like a more like a, a children's poster or something yeah. like something yeah. like something that's very childish that <laughs> that you can just put on there that's like cartoony and stuff, so that the person realizes that they're being a child. Or or, or maybe yeah, they... you could draw a big turd and have him with a little with a little quote bubble saying "Flush right. me, flush yeah, me." Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that's what I would do. There you, you go. have to. You have to. Someone on Twitter can probably make that graphic for you as well. Yeah, someone will make that graphic. I guarantee. <laughs> right. It. Yeah. Someone, please, please make that graphic. Uh, this next question is from at time to pivot. When are all the CD Carter thirteen parody accounts going to meet up and drink beer through a straw? I think when we're all dead and and in hell. I think that that's when yeah. I think that's when that will happen because it would freak me out so much. Just imagine, just imagine like like an environment where you're like in some like in your backyard or something having a party with all your parody accounts, like the people who run the parody accounts, but they're all wearing masks of the avatar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the I different mean, avatars. I, I would want them to wear a mask because I feel like it would be too awkward to 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 face them, you know, face <laughs> yeah. to face to be like, so you made. Uh, CD card. <laughs> yeah, you made a parody of me uh, <laughs> yeah. called CCCP Carter, as in some sort of uh, Soviet era Russian parody. Account. I don't. <laughs> so you you went ahead and did that, huh? Okay. <laughs> Next question from at Swervin Shervin. What's more tilting, losable losing multiple star players to holdouts each year due to the inherent predatory nature of the CBA, or trying to get fourteen people available at the same time for two hours? Yeah, the latter, easily the latter, easily the latter. Yeah, I do that, it in my home league every year, and and I don't I don't know why I take it on in this league every year, but I you know I I know that yeah. I have to be the dad of the group. No, yeah, you do. I, here's here's the thing with me is if no one else takes charge, then I will take charge. But if I know that there's someone who is, you know, I don't want to say that you're you're not determined to take charge, but you are willing to. And so if I know that, then I'm gonna I'm just gonna slough it off to you, man. I'm I'm sorry, you know. Yeah, I feel and, you. 
and this is this has come up with my wife once or twice. So I, yeah, you know. I believe it. Believe it. Uh, next question at film McTimony. McTimony. McTimony, man. Yeah. Sorry. It was the the, the money is th- throws me off there. Phil. I may be running a couple of casual leagues with only eight players. Any advice about settings? E.g., have more starters in a deeper bench. Yeah. You if you have eight teams, do your best to do like a super flex league or something. Yes. even if it's casual people will get more out of it because you know they're going to want to draft quarterbacks anyway i think i think eight teams with a super flex and a pretty deep bench could be fun yeah uh next question at cd carter 69 (laughs) how has mike davis managed between being in chicago and helping around the house (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one yeah yeah so for those who are not in the know i i for some some reason i mentioned that mike davis lives with me and my wife last year i don't remember how the joke I, can't, came I can't even remember what it but, was but basically denny Den, basically uh, denny has uh an extra spouse right right we yeah it's a it's a big love situation and mike davis is is involved and um and, but yeah i mean uh, i i get by the way you know i i get updates from mike every night on on the chicago running back situation so you know that's why i'm bullish on Tariq cohen yeah there you go uh, next question is from at Ebrouse. There are a number of situations this year where the advice is to get the cheapest guy. 49ers running back, Carolina wide receiver, Pats running back, Chargers running back. How do you balance this approach when most of the time you can't make 12 10th round picks? <laughs> you can trade down. Just yeah. trade. Keep trading down. This is this is an instance where let's say that you believe in all of that. Like I, I still think Tevin Coleman is good. Mm-hmm. I still think DJ Moore is good. I still think that... <laughs> that uh, Austin Eckler is still the better of the two, you know, straight up than Justin Jackson. Um, so, you know, from, from that perspective, you, you know, I, I don't necessarily like agree with just go with the cheapest guy. Um, but I do think that this is a situation where like an auction draft really can benefit you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the Coleman thing is a little curious to me. I, I know you're, you've talked about Brita, and I and I have a fair amount of exposure to Brita in in best ball, not so much to Coleman. But in in redraft, I see Coleman sometimes dropping like to the end of the seventh round. Uh, yeah. I think in Apex, in our Apex League, I, I I got Coleman in in the Apex League. In what what round? Do you remember? Well, so I think it was like the late seventh or something like that. Yeah. But I I also got him higher than way higher than ADP. It was really just one of those like. I'm going to get a, like, you yeah. know, I'm going to, I'm going to plant a flag if you will with, with Tevin Coleman here. But, um, like I, I took him right ahead of Sony Michelle, which the only reason I did that was because I went wide receiver heavy and I was fearful mm-hmm. of, of having that ambiguous, you know, knee situation uh-huh. going on with, with Sony Michelle. But, um, I, but Sony Michelle's ranked higher than, than Tevin Coleman in my rankings. But yeah, I mean, like I, I think Tevin Coleman, the, the thing is a lot of those like question marks or these situations where you like the, the, the lower tiered guy more than the guy who's going earlier. A lot of times the guy who's going earlier, isn't that costly. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to, you know, I can yeah. understand maybe the Carolina situation a little bit. If you don't see a huge difference between DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, but like Tevin Coleman his ADP, like when you get to the middle rounds of drafts, your opportunity cost really isn't that high. So it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, the uh, ambiguous knee situation is my favorite jazz album. Yes. Uh, yes. By the way, and by the way, I, I would go with Coleman over Sonny Michelle too. You you mentioned on the late round pod, um, your superior pod, that uh, 
uh, <laughs> that the Niners had the fifth most yards for yards from scrimmage for running backs last year. Is that is they that did. right? They did. And, yeah, they just underperformed in the touchdowns. Yeah, they, they didn't score any touchdowns, but that doesn't you know that doesn't matter for this year. You know, it's it's actually might be good for this year. Yeah. No, I think Tevin Coleman's the one. A. You know, I don't think that he's going to be the workhorse there, but I think that he has a very easy path to being some sort of RB two. And then if someone gets hurt in that backfield. Then you have a situation like you did to a degree last year with him in Atlanta, but Atlanta didn't necessarily have the same type of situation that that San Francisco has, which is a good scheme, just a better overall situation uh, running the football. Yeah. Um, so I I would be a little bit more bullish on Tevin Coleman if, if something like that were to happen. I think Coleman is an ideal pick if you go really wide receiver heavy to start the draft. I agree. I agree. That's 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 why I obviously did. Yeah. I got Chris Carson as my RB one, so I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I think both you and I had had good zero RB zero RB drafts. Yeah, yeah. I got I did get Philip Lindsay, who apparently is the RB seven now in Denver. So we'll, we'll see how that how that works. <laughs> Next question at bathroom Ben. How does draft strategy change when your bench size shrinks in an auction league? Adopt stars and scrub strat because more depth is on the waiver wire. And how much corn has Denny eaten this summer? <laughs> I can I can answer that question first. I've eaten approximately eight ears of corn this summer. Wow. I, I I don't I don't go around eating corn all the time. I don't know what to tell you guys. I wish I could say that I eat corn every day. I think that would mess up my digestive system. Honestly, it would. It would. It yeah. Would. A lot of lot of lot of corn. Just full full corn in your in your toilet. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is a poop podcast, so we're going to talk about it. But I I. Tough to digest. It's just it's just reality. Yeah, I mean, you you see it. It's it's you you turn around and you, <laughs> you see there. it right there. There's it's evidence. There. Anyway, what was the what was the first question? <laughs> um, to, I'll just answer the question. Yeah, you can go stars and scrubs a lot easier when there's a short bench because you know that the waiver wire is going to be more fruitful. Next question. Okay. At by Corey J Corbin. How do you approach drafting from the same draft slot? Do you try to diversify the players on your roster or largely pick the same guys? That's that's tough. That's tough because you know, by the end by the end of August, you're hopefully you know, the, you know you know the guys you want. You know, you know basically the sort of team that you want and to intentionally skip over uh, a guy, whether it's a receiver or running back at that at that spot, to intentionally skip over that person because you feel like you have too much. Now it depends: are you playing in ten leagues or are you playing right. in three leagues? Right. You know, because if you're playing in three leagues and you already got Mike Evans in one league, and you and I don't think that you should hesitate to go ahead and get him in the second league. You know, yeah, just go it. all in if you're in fewer leagues. Yeah, right. But I mean, if you're playing in a ton of leagues, then I guess you should probably diversify when possible but also i don't i don't usually i don't i don't force that i don't force the diversification from the same draft slot you should at least do it in the early rounds because if you're going to because the the opportunity cost is so much larger so that that would be my my only take on that but yeah i mean if you're only in like two to five leagues just go all in Mm -hmm. just just feel free to go all in Mm -hmm. Next question at Topher thinks what's more embarrassing drafting a quarterback in the first round or crapping your pants in your thirties twice. And then he says, this is not me, but rather a friend in our home league. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Would you, what's more embarrassing in your, th- you're in your thirties and you, and you, and you poop your pants twice. Okay. Mu- multiple times, not just once, not this one off. I got too drunk and I forgot to take my pants off. But you did it more than once or drafting a quarterback in the first round. What is more embarrassing? 
obviously defecating your pants. <laughs> but what if you did it alone, Denny? What drafted a quarterback first alone? <laughs> first, <laughs> no. Oh, alone, alone. Well, um, man, this is really a poop centric podcast today. Um, of course, it always is. Uh, oh, that's tough. That's tough. So if you told me you have to do one or the other, honestly, I'm just taking the quarterback in the first round and, and I'm adjusting from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you have to, if you, if this is a choice of okay, you either take. Patrick Mahomes in the first round, or you go to the corner for 24 hours and you had to poop yourself twice in that corner. Then I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, pretty easily. Um, man, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to say about that. Uh, who does your is your friend? I mean, is it a medical problem? I, I don't. <laughs> That's wanna, what I'm worried about here. That's I, what I'm worried. Yeah, about. I don't want to take shots. I don't want to make fun. Is it? Does he get too drunk? I mean, what is the situation? Can you? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we we need clarification. I would argue that there's there's no normal situation for a man in his 30s to poop himself twice in his 30s, aside from, number one, an illness, uh-huh. right? <laughs> number two, some sort of, of problem when he when he drinks too much. I, I just, I, I really think that this person needs to more regularly use the bathroom. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, there's also there's also the issue of of what's going on with the sphincter down yeah, there. Yeah, don't don't hold it, man. I've I've told my kids a million times if you hold it, it it's not going to end up well for you. That's right. All right, the next question is one that I think we should probably end on, even though we have a decent amount of others. I'll I'll, I'll save the others at least for for next week. Um, and I'll do it on the podcast. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. We can do that. Uh, but this last one is from at Phil underscore underscore Colbertson. He says. Do you wash your legs when you shower? Apparently, this is a thing. It is a thing. Funny enough, I talked about trickle-down leg washing on a podcast back in uh, April or May. So do you not wash your legs? No, I, I do wash my legs. Yeah. How, how do? Oh, you're saying you wash your legs, though, not with your hands? Wait, what? No, no, no. I, I, I bend... I bend in the shower. Man, we, we're always in the shower in this podcast. <laughs> really I mean, we're always talking about how we're bending over in the shower. And so the, the, I take the bar of soap. And, it, and by the way, I'm, I'm only using a bar of soap. I'm not using anything else. I'm uh, with you. I'm, and, I'm, I'm totally with you. And I apply I apply the bar of soap to my leg region. And and then I wash it off. I don't do the trickle down. The trickle down is, uh, is, a, is, a, is a myth. Well, so I'm saying, do people believe in the trickle down? Yeah, they think well, you know, the 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 shampoo and the soap from my upper body is running down. It's washing away the dirt. This can't, this cannot cannot be true. the The only uh, worst trickle down theory is trickle down economics. And, and, <laughs> I knew it was and really, you knew it was coming. You, you were just waiting. Oh, it's waiting for it. Um, and that's and that's just barely worse, really. And uh, so anyway, yeah, you gotta wash your legs, folks. Come on. Uh, yeah, you definitely have to wash your legs. I didn't realize that it was a thing that that people didn't wash. Their legs. I I know that washing your feet is a thing that people don't do in the shower, um, which yeah. which is more understandable with the with the trickle down washing than than general legs. I guess I I but I still don't I don't I still don't advise you do that. Well, I clear. have to say though. Unless my feet are particularly dirty, I'm not actually applying the bar of soap to my feet. So I may be a hypocrite here. Well, okay, but you can do uh, this. This is my method. I I have the bar of soap, and I can put my I can 
put my hands and get soap on my hands and stuff and get it all lathered up and then just rub my feet. You do do you do that every day? I think so. Yeah. Mm. I, I, Tomorrow, yeah. here I'm gonna I'm gonna have to here I'll 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 mark down this week when I do it and yeah. it's gonna be all out of habit right at the, by this point in my life and so I mean is it even possible to change your shower habits when you're in your 30s? I've tried and and no the answer is the answer is no I you're not you're not able to once once it's established uh, in in that way you're not able to by the way Patreon content us in the shower I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> Okay, yeah. that's that's why. And if you guys want to listen to those podcasts, it's an extra twenty dollars a month. Wait, well, more than you know, it's gonna you're gonna have to <laughs> jack that price up. Sorry. Oh, okay. Let's end the show on that. Denny, where can everyone find yeah. you? At CD Carter thirteen on Twitter, and check out our Patreon. We have all sorts of benefits, uh, including a roster review from myself and from my lovely co-host JJ. That's right. Uh, I'm on Twitter at late round QB. Uh, as Denny alluded to earlier, I have another podcast called the late round podcast and all my work is over on numberfire.com. Denny, you want to get, what do you, what do you, you want a milkshake? Milkshake, in, say, milkshake in, 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 in the, the shower. Sh- in the shower. Right. Let's do right. It. All right. Thanks for listening guys. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to live in the stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about.